This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Every five minutes, someone dies while waiting for a compatible donor heart, liver, or kidney. On a remote island in Lake Superior, a team of geneticists strive to engineer an animal with human-compatible organs, thereby saving millions of lives. But these ancestors are not the docile herd animals they envision. Instead, the project spawns something big, something evil, something hungry. Ancestor by number one New York Times bestselling novelist Scott Sigler is available for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everyone? I'm Noah Daniels, and we're here for another episode of the Cryptid Countdown with Joshua. On this episode, we have a special guest. It's Catherine. You know her from being on the podcast a lot, and we're always excited for her to join. Catherine.and.intuitive is her Instagram. Make sure you check her out on TikTok as well, and her podcast, Murder and Mediumship. Catherine, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Thanks, as always, for having me back on. Absolutely. And Joshua was really excited about this episode, so I'm going to throw it over to him. As he said in the last one, we're talking about the death worm. So Joshua, what the hell is a death worm? Yeah. Um, well, so I, I am excited about this one because this is one of the, the cryptids that doesn't really have any evidence behind it, but people just believe it in, in high numbers. Hmm. So uh, the Mongolian death worm is essentially uh, exactly what it is. It's a worm that is a, allegedly can can cause death. Uh, that's a <laughs> that's a very primitive way to describe it. But in a more fanciful way, it is uh, a worm that lives out in the Gobi Desert. It's a worm that's a cryptid that's been passed down that many people don't even believe is a cryptid in the area mm. uh, they believe it's an, an an existing animal that just is really elusive it's about one to five feet long it looks like an intestine and with tendrils on the on its front and back so uh it's a very it's a very weird cryptid but it's also really fun to talk about yeah and then i also read that people believe that it secretes or spits poison is that right yeah not only that um it secretes or spits poison and it, it can apparently shock people it can shoot out electric shock so it's basically you know like a spitting cobra and a worm and a and an electric eel all tied up into one just disgusting creature Catherine, had you ever heard of that before uh coming on this episode no and i'm waiting to hear the fun part <laughs> sounds awful <laughs> you know it was interesting trying to find well what people perceive that it looks like i guess i don't think since it's a cryptid, there's not like a definitive picture of this is that thing, or it would be, I guess, a real creature. But the, it really varies what people believe that it's like you were saying. Some of the pictures I saw, it just looked like a kind of like a blob of poop. And then some <laughs> yeah. is like an intestine. And then some it looked like a creature from the movie Tremors. Have, have you kind of through your studies and evaluations now making you a scientist, Joshua, have you <laughs> have you landed on a specific form of this creature that you think is more likely than the others? I, I came across that too. I mean, there's so many different variations that I guess when you start adding people who aren't from the area and how they describe, you know, this creature. Um, but for me, it looks less like a centipede and more like, I guess if you like, took an earthworm and, and 
and extended it and it's red. That's kind of what I've kind of stuck on, kind of snake-like mm-hmm. almost. Well, and you know, there are things in the ocean that are similar in the poison sense. I know there's like that little, it's not really a jellyfish, a jellyfish or an octopus, but it kind of looks like a combination of both. And it's it's sort of clear with the little spots on it. I can't, I can't think of the name, but it's really, it's not huge. It's maybe like six inches to eight inches. And if you pick it up and hold it and it stings you, you, you can die. So, I mean, there are, and there's more examples of, of things out there. So the idea of there being another type of creature, bug, reptile, uh, worm, you know, what have you that, that can kill you by touch. That seems plausible. Do you know where this originated from? Like, like the year and, and, and who really helped spread the lore of this creature? It's kind of twofold. So uh, a guy named uh, paleontologist named Roy Chapman Andrew went to basically this area and started just doing research on it because he had heard about the cryptid and was trying to figure out, okay, let's go see if this thing is really real. And as a paleontologist, it's kind of been his wheelhouse to go and investigate creatures of that are either myth or, or real. I mean, that's his thing. And uh, he went and he heard just all these like, you know, secondhand accounts from people who have their reputations on the line. And he he decided, okay, well, we're going to go out and we're going to see if we can find this thing. I believe it was in um, 1983 where they really did like uh, like a really full um, investigation, but couldn't really come up with anything. So him being an American paleontologist kind of spread the myth, I think. And he took those stories out when he he wrote a book. So as anything, if America gets his hand on hands on it, it's going to go Hollywood. So that's kind of what happened with the death worm in a sense. And Catherine, as your time of being a human, have you come across any giant worms? Nope. Nope. Can't <laughs> say that I have. Also, <laughs> just looking at these pictures, I know you see my face over here. The like the depictions of it, they really do vary. And I was looking mm-hmm. at this like while I was putting my kids to bed tonight. And I like, that's what I'm I'm doing my research, right? And like some of these things literally look like they're out of like Star Wars movies and, yeah. and like, right. Like you can absolutely see that, but like others, they just look like a big mealworm or something with fangs. Have you guys ever seen the movie Tremors? Any of them? I have not. Vaguely. Like I've, I've watched it off and on, like hit or miss a, a few times. I mean, the same way that I've watched Leprechaun in the hood, but never actually <laughs> seen the, the whole, the whole movie. Tremors is, is very similar. Y'all are missing out. That is peak Kevin Bacon and Reba McIntyre. I mean, you're not going to find a movie that represents those two people in film better than that. I think, you know, it's it's funny about the lore with like the, the death worm because so many people believe it. I think it really taps into two things. And that's one, like mass hysteria in a way. And also just the fear of the unknown and what's under your feet. I, I we People have that same fear when you are in deep water and it's like i don't know what's up under me i can't see what's below me and i think it's almost kind of the same psychological effect that happens with just an expansive just desolate desert in a sense and so it only makes sense to when you come across you know a gigantic snake or something to place it as something else more terrifying just one part fear one part you know i don't know what i'm walking on um that like that's how it kind of came off to me uh in certain parts well, that's kind of cryptids in a nutshell, right? It's like yeah. they're in the ocean, they're in the forest, they're in the desert, like all these vast areas that would be very difficult for everybody to explore to 100%. You know, Catherine, that is funny about you saying that it seems like something out of Star Wars, because 
watching the new Mandalorian season, I'm glad they've introduced more of like the little creatures and I could totally see, you know, him on the, like a, a bike or something and being like, Oh no, it's the death worm, you know, and then it <laughs> pops up and tries to squirt on him. Now, since people say that they're poisonous, are there people that claim to have known people that have died by the death worm? That was kind of a weird thing too, because it seemed like all the accounts were were either like legend or legitimately like secondhand accounts. In 1983, they got Tartar uh, Sandboa, and they went around the community and said, "Hey, is this what you saw? Is this is this your death worm?" And many people identified the the Sandboa as as actually being the death worm, which kind of opened the door for for scientists to say, okay, maybe there's not a death worm, but there could perhaps be either uh, a sand snake of some of some type or some type of legless lizard to that mm -hmm. may exist in the sand because if you look at the way like a a, a, a snake goes throughout the sand um it leaves little waves especially if it's up under the if it's up under the sand and legless lizards burrow frequently and because this place is so desolate and and kind of like the expansive parts of the gobi desert you know, if you're just out there and you see something crazy like that come out the out the ground, you're like, oh God, it's a death worm, it's gonna kill me. Um, at least that's that's what I would do. <laughs> okay. This is probably a stupid question. So you're telling me there is a reptile called a legless lizard, and then there are also snakes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, Catherine, I heard you back there going, Yeah. Like, yeah what? No, <laughs> yes. Okay. Pause. You would not guess this about me, but I am a National Geographic loving fool. Okay. So I am telling you right now. Yes. Um, but yes, yes, there are. There are both. Why don't we just call yep. them snakes? They're not snakes. And but to, and to add to that too, there's also a type of sandworm, which is yeah, in, in uh primarily in Australia, which is also very similar to the legless li lizard, which is also very similar to the snake. Also, legless lizard is just more fun to say than snake. Well, it is, but <laughs> I also just want to say that salamanders are cooler than lizards for any reptile nerds out there. So I wish okay. I could capture Catherine's dismissive wave and audio for everybody listening. Right now. Salamanders are great. They're fun to catch. But listen, you yeah, don't you have the little newts in Georgia? I think we had Newt catch? Gingrich. Was he from the Georgia? Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I see what she did there. Uh, I, I, I don't I've never seen a newt in person other than like at the oh, skink a skink not a newt skink. i'm sorry okay yeah, either of these where or are you just like running out in the woods and turning over logs what do you what do you mean there... i'm not finding <laughs> yeah, that's this me stuff. in my spare time i'm a little witch remember <laughs> i'm just running through the woods all the time no they're on my deck they're on the back deck yeah we have tons and of on the... yeah tons oh. of them everywhere. yeah they're everywhere red ones blue ones yep. <laughs> okay okay well i i'm curious Catherine. so you've listened to some of this series are there cryptids that you're interested in is there one that tickles your fancy that tickles my fancy also i'm not sure what your fancy is i hope that wasn't perverted <laughs> i'm just gonna throw that out. right i don't know what your fancy actually is either <laughs> you know okay so what was the one you guys the last one you guys did i feel like it was I can't remember off the top of my head, but I was just, I was laughing my ass off we in did. the car listening to this. Oh, Chupacabra. Chupacabra. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, Got I it. missed that one, That's but one I am favorite. interested in that. Yeah, um, that was a good one. Ivan, Ivan the Terrible. Did you guys oh, talk yeah. about him? You're talking about right? vampires. That's a vampire yeah. episode. It was, that was uh, really Vlad. interesting too. I liked, yeah, Vlad. Thank you. That was really interesting. 
like do you believe in bigfoot or any of those things or, or do you are you pretty skeptical of cryptids in general I feel like as someone who talks to dead people, I shouldn't really say that I can't like write all of this off, but also um, I, I feel like there's a lot that we haven't seen and in a desert or an ocean, I'd probably be more likely to believe it um, or in like the Appalachian mountains, because all you would like, I feel like I'm scared to ever go there after all the stories you hear, but also, yeah, no, I, I, I don't think that they're all non-existent there's probably something like a bigfoot that someone yeah you know what i'm skeptical i just didn't want to be mean i guess i feel like i'm very skeptical <laughs> can be mean. We, we don't take it personal here yeah. <laughs> i heard myself trying to make it sound nice I'm like no i don't think i believe in them okay. i don't think i do i think a lot of it is it stems it's relatable to like when we would explain um meteors as like fiery balls coming from the gods right and mm. they're obviously scientifically explained now so i think that a lot of things that we couldn't explain away we now have the science for but we hold on to the legends and the lore because they're fun why would you let them go yeah i think if you take enough yeah. lexapro you can definitely find a death worm <laughs> just sit on that one for a minute um <laughs> so we've got the death worm here you know it's in the desert i mean it, this is number what are we on five? Is this, this number is five? five. Yeah. So yep. we're halfway through our list. I, I like the reason that you chose it. It is, it is a pretty cool cryptid. It's one of the ones I enjoyed the most researching, especially looking at all the pictures, but just because I wasn't as familiar with it, it's fun to kind of discover new cryptids along in this series. You know, Joshua, I love to find out like how much of you believes in this one. Is it just because you enjoy the lore or do you believe because there's so many people out there saying that either they experienced or they know somebody experienced that it's real. Where do you kind of fall there? This one is uh, this one's more lore driven, to be honest. I think the the circumstances around this cryptid make it very interesting because I've I I would be hard pressed to find another culture or another or let me let me backtrack. I'd be hard pressed to find another cryptid that's as widely believed in one concentrated area than this one. I think because of the concentration, if, I think per square mile, there are more people that believe in this cryptid than any any other one. I mean, Bigfoot is is debatable, Wolfman is debatable, vampires are debatable, lake monsters and sea monsters are all debatable. But this one is just like we don't even need we don't even need proof. Like we don't even have to see it or physically know somebody who uh, has suffered through it or been shocked or killed or anything. But this is just what it is, and we accept it. And I think that's uh, kind of the the anti cryptid response, mm. uh, in my opinion, because most times it's it's more people trying to to prove that it's not real, as opposed to just a group of people just being like, you know what, it is real, and that's just what it is. Um, yeah. And that's why it's so high on my list. This episode of the Real Hauntings Real Ghost Stories podcast is brought to you by Wild Grain. Hey everyone, it's Noah Daniels and I'm here to talk to you again about Wild Grain. Our last shipment of Wild Grain was so good that my four-year-old cannot stop asking for more of that awesome bread with dinner. And I'm not going to lie, I'm right there with him. And honestly, there's nothing quite like the smell of fresh bread baked coming from the oven. What if I told you that you too could get that delicious experience of homemade bread with none of the time and work involved? Well, you can by ordering from Wild Grain. Wild Grain is the first ever bake from frozen subscription box for sourdough breads, fresh pastas, and artisanal pastries. Every item bakes frozen in 25 minutes or less, no thawing required. 
And you can now fully customize your wild grain box, so you can choose any combination of breads, pastas, and pastries. You can even build a box of only breads, only pastas, or only pastries if you'd like. Plus, for a limited time, you can get $30 off the first box, plus free croissants in every box. When you go to wildgrain.com hauntings to start your subscription. You heard me. Free croissants in every box and $30 off your first box when you go to wildgrain.com hauntings. That's wildgrain.com hauntings, or you can use promo code hauntings at checkout. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free, and when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. It is another one of those that almost sounds alien-like, right? Like something yeah. that fell out of a spaceship in the desert and, you know, was able to survive the heat and still be moist enough to squirt poison on on things and kill them. I mean, and it, it, I picture it in my head really as just like a almost like a, a, a slug-like creature without the, e- the eggs, without the eyes sticking out, <laughs> you know, just secreting that poison as it kind of goes along its, its life to try to keep predators away. I don't know if I believe this one just because it was researched by professionals, which I guess happens to other cre- uh, cryptids to a certain extent, but not, I, I believe, the extent that this one had yeah. been researched but at the same time if it's isolated in the desert it's going to be pretty hard to find in general so like most cryptids who the hell knows uh but it is a fun one this is this would be one of the more scary ones to come in contact with but for me it would be it would have to be in a great volume it'd have to be more than just like seeing one little worm turd going across the the desert like if you put me in a room and these things start you know falling from the ceiling meanwhile okay story time i'll share this with you a warning this is really gross but this is how i would imagine me dying from a death worm so this is a true story my wife and i moved into we were renting a a home like six years ago probably and i had gotten up that morning uh we were both in bed this is um before we had any kids or anything and i was getting ready to go make my morning constitutional um and I, I went into the bathroom sat down i was looking on my phone <laughs> and all of a sudden i feel something hit me on the back and oh, like no. roll down and i was like hmm <laughs> well that didn't originate from my body <laughs> and then i was like maybe i'm just you know out of it i just got up it's early in the morning and i just as as one does i just chose to ignore it and then i felt two or three more and, and I didn't have a shirt oh, on either because no. I sleep without a shirt on. And I felt them oh, roll no. down my back. And then I heard plop, plop, plop in the toilet. Yeah. And also I didn't make that noise. So I jumped up. 
I jump up and I turn around and look and there are maggots uh, oh. sinking in the toilet. So I scream. Uh, my wife <laughs> gets up. She screams and we shut the the door, obviously, to the bathroom and stuffed a towel in front of it and tried to figure out what to do. And so then we went back in and looked and they were coming out of the the vent, you know, that pulls the air out in a bathroom. No. And they were just no, falling no. down by like no. the tins. And oh so then God. we looked around and now they're like on the walls, on the floor. So we, we stuck a towel on the outside of the bathroom, shut it, call an exterminator. They send somebody over. It was like a Sunday too. And what happened, there was a bird that had gotten through a portion of the attic and died literally right on top of the vent oh, no. um, and had, you know, a, a fly lay larva in it for those that aren't aware how maggots are made and then started producing the maggots and they started falling into our toilet. So uh, scale one to 10, that was one of the worst experiences of my life. Uh, yeah. Mm. So that's how I imagine I would die from a death worm. I don't I have, have no words. words. <laughs> yeah, right? I'm just going to let you guys sit in that for a minute. <laughs> At least you didn't have to sit in it like I did. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, not common that I'm left speechless. That's horrifying. Yeah. Yeah, rough. I have nothing to add to that story at all, except I'm sorry. Well, thank you. I'm glad somebody is. It was, it was pretty rough. That was one of the first stories I told on stage when I used to do stand-up. Um, and I would do a full act out. I would take a stool on stage with me and pull oh it over. God. And at, it, that was, it was a lot of fun. That was, it was, yeah, good times. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, as we like to do here, awkward transitions. Um, <laughs> well, where do we go from here with cryptids, Joshua? We, we've had worms, we've had vampires, chupacabras, Bigfoot. I mean, what, uh, what can we expect as we journey along to the, top five cryptids <laughs> um i think you'll start seeing them get a little bit more specific uh because i do have some specific ones in mind um but i've been trying to you know get the more generic general ones out the way and, and not to you know say cryptids are generic or general because they're they're really not but um I, I do have some specific ones in mind that i think are, are worth talking about there's a lot of lore associated with some of them and some of them are honestly newer cryptids which i always find fascinating like the chupacabra is a great example of a newer cryptid that hasn't been around or documented for, you know, decades or centuries. This this one was, you know, it has, you know, cousins, I guess you could say, but nothing like that one. So the cryptid countdown is going to get a little bit more uh, tightened up. There's a few that people will recognize and, and maybe one or two that people don't. Awesome. Yeah, I can't wait to find out who's number one on the list. Catherine is, um, is as you've heard us talk about everything from worms to maggots thanks thanks so much for coming on the podcast it's been uh, nice uh working with you yeah. <laughs> this is my letter of resignation right now <laughs> uh, um, are there things that you're afraid of in that kind of bug world of creepy crawlies or as someone who's kind of enjoys the outside does it not really mm -hmm. concern you okay before i moved to the south spiders but now spiders are my bffs i let them all outside if i see a cockroach i'm burning the freaking house down and i'm moving back <laughs> north 
<laughs> Can't do it. Won't do it. Mm -mm -mm. Nope. Our old house was right by a stream and we'd have water bugs all the time. Now, no water. I'm good. It's peaceful oh. again. <laughs> Can't do it. Any other bug I'm good with. Don't I hate care. water bugs. Water bugs are the worst. Like if there's anything that the South is really bad at having, it's water bugs. They, they and just... it's full rage. Yeah. It's like they... that anxiety body riddled, like F this, I'm out, burn the house down. Everything's awful. Dying cockroach. And, and poison is just like irrelevant like I, that's what it, I, that's what i hate gross. about water bugs so much you can spray them with poison and they're just kind of like ah, I they just keep running at you <laughs> the audacity or man fly. <laughs> when they fly yeah. that's yeah. the worst mm, no Ugh. thank you yeah no nope. they're giving me the i actually have nightmares about them so yeah i i don't do if i wake up i've had nightmares where i'm like batting one away from my face and then i'm like wait a minute that couldn't have been here it's pitch black in here i don't like that i'm sure someone could dream interpret the hell out of that but i don't like it i don't like them at all nope well, fun stories since we're sharing disgusting stories um so when uh <laughs> this is a this is a doozy um this is also why i don't like roaches um i i was living in a trailer for a short period of time we were transitioning from a different part of the area and we were my parents were building the house so the house that they currently live in now so we we did a trailer to save money because you know they were going poor to um build the new house uh essentially so <laughs> we lived in the trailer for about a year and a half and about halfway through the time that we were staying in that trailer uh one of my biggest fears was because we kept finding water bugs over the place um just because it was kind of in the woods a little bit mm -hmm. um and buy some water too. It was just like the the perfect recipe of, of nasty bugs. Um, I, my biggest fear was waking up in the in like the the trailer one day and you know having to swat um, a roach off of me from somewhere because yeah. I was like they show up all the time and like they don't have really good grip on paneling in a trailer. Uh, so you know, well, long story short, I was uh, in in dead sleep one night and. In my dream, I felt something on my face. So I was like, nah, this is just a dream. Surely it's not what I think it is. And for some reason, my body was like, no, I think you need to wake up. And so I started the, the waking up process and just kind of brushed my hand across my face. And um, yeah, it was not a dream. In fact, a gigantic water bug had Ugh. crawled on my forehead and uh, when I realized it, I screamed really loud and woke up the entire trailer and threw the water bug across the room. And um, yeah, that scarred me permanently uh, for the rest of my life. I, it was I, I've, I've, that's only happened one time. And uh, I hope it honestly and truly never happens again. I, I could not sleep for the rest of the night because I was yeah. horrified oh. that a, a, a roach was having a, a one man party on my face. Welcome to Bug Therapy on the Real Hauntings podcast. <laughs> I'll take the Mongolian death worm over a cockroach any day, especially well, when you lose it and you don't, it's not dead. And you're like, where the, where is that fucker? It's coming yeah. back. You know, it is, you know, it is <laughs> waiting for you to fall asleep. So we can la cucaracha all over your face again. See, the ones that get me are like wasp. I'm pretty scared of yellow jackets. Um, not so much bees anymore, but as a kid, bees. I so I had two things happen. One when I was maybe 14, I was at my grandmother's house and she lived in the country and I was in her yard playing, stepped on oh no, a hole and yellow jackets swarmed up my pants leg and 
I guess yep. I, I I don't remember it too well other than just chaos. But I guess I had to I ran back into the house, and I was getting I don't know if they sting or bite, but I, I was getting jacked up by those things. And so they made me strip down in front of everybody. They're like, you gotta get your clothes off. Which I mean, I guess I did. I don't know, but that's pretty horrifying to carry At with 14, you for the yeah. yeah having to strip down in front of your whole family. Um, so hated that. And then the other one which I don't think I've shared this on the podcast. I think Joshua dropped out. He's going to hate that he misses this story, but uh, this one's really embarrassing. So this one, I was maybe 10 or maybe even younger. And I was at, uh, my family was at another family's house and they had a pool and I jumped into the pool and there was a dead bee in the pool. I guess that stinger was pointing up and it went up in my shorts stung me in the balls and then my mom had to pull it out so uh <laughs> god oh the things you have to look forward to having three boys yeah, yeah. that's it that's where it would get you huh all the places yeah. on your body it could go right in the balls. right I'm there so sorry. yeah yeah and that that hurt that didn't feel good um cry yeah, I'll never forget that one. That one I remember vividly, almost like I'm watching a motion picture take place of me jumping into yeah. the pool. And yeah. The, uh, now, luckily, I was young enough that the only embarrassment I feel from that came afterwards from looking back, you know? <laughs> yes. Um, yes. But yeah, nope. Yeah. Mm -hmm. horrifying stuff well i guess joshua has checked out he was kind enough to join us from a hotel room i think him and his wife and their baby are on a trip of some sort so we thank joshua for joining us for another episode of the cryptic countdown and uh i'm sure he would tell you that he is excited for next week's episode and i guess it will be a mystery uh catherine as always thank you so much for hopping on another episode it was fun to get to chat and kind of have a light episode where all we have Happy to really to do here. is hang out for 30 minutes <laughs> please let everybody know where they can find all your great content head on over to katherineannintuitive.com and check out murder and mediumship podcast it is going through a little bit of a transition but there is still new content up there and we're always there for a good time so that's it for now actually awesome and uh, yeah, make sure you do that. I, I would hope that most of our fans have checked out your content, but if you are listening and you still haven't, you should know that Catherine is one of the people that helps this ship keep going. So we always appreciate her help with the Real Hauntings podcast. And you can check out everything that Joshua is doing at Joshua Darien. That's Josh Owa, D-A-I-R-E-N on all platforms. And uh, he's always putting up cool stuff and collaborating with really cool people. With that, it's been the Cryptic Countdown. And I think Joshua says, um, what's he say? Uh, Till next time. I, th I think that's his catchphrase when he signs off. So. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. 
Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.